Welcome to Doing Time with Joe, a show of cautionary true stories about life inside prison. I'm your host and narrator, Joe Baker, and today's story is titled Escape to Nowhere. The story you're about to hear is true. It is either a personal account of mine or it was told to me by someone I believe to be telling the truth. The names of the participants have been changed to protect the guilty. In prison, you can be anybody you want to be. When I was in the county jail, I was approached by a dude, let's call him Mike, that says that he had been to prison twice. He would tell me stories about prison. Early on, I realized that he was trying to scare me. I never told him that my father had been to prison and that I had heard all the stories before. Anyway, he just wanted me to believe that he was someone that I could trust. After about a month, I was told that the DA would be seeking the death penalty against me. Now that scared me. Word spread fast that I was facing the death penalty. Mike started to get more exaggerated with his stories. I had finally had enough. So I asked him what was up with him and all these stories of trying to scare me. He said, man, I need your help to escape. Me and Mike, we were housed in a special section of the jail and uh, the part that they called maximum security, basically anywhere that any, any inmates that were like considered high security, they would separate them from the rest of the compound. I mean, the rest of the inmates in the pod, right? So it was like six of us up there, but me and him, we were side by side. So he kept talking to me about this plan that he had about trying to escape. And I'm asking him, how are we going to do it? How are we going to get out this and that? You know, I, I wasn't trying to get out to hurt nobody or whatever. I was just scared about you know, the situation that I had just been told I'm going to be facing a death penalty, I need to go. You know what I'm saying? It was as simple as that. So anyway, he starts telling me about it. He had a friend out there on the streets that could bring a gun to him. I'm like, well, how are you going to get the gun in? And he told me that, uh, you know, he could bust a hole in the window. Well, okay. I said, all right, let's see what's up. So when he started trying to bust a hole in the window, little did he know that the window had a reinforcement in the middle of it, right? And it was kind of like jail. So he's kicking and hitting this window with anything he's got, you know what I'm saying, to try to get it to crack. And it took him about a week to make the window crack, right? So after it had cracked, he's tore one, a little piece of the glass out. And now the stuff that was on the inside is like a jail. It's sticky. So it's like, okay, there ain't nothing coming through there. So, so for an entire week. He's, he's kicking on this, on this window. He's hitting that John. He's trying, trying to get this window to He's trying to get, and it ain't doing nothing. He didn't know. He, that's what I'm saying. He always presented himself like he knew everything, right? But he didn't even know how to bust out a window. He didn't know these <laughs> folks had a, a reinforced window, right? So anyway, he's sitting there. Now he's asking people in the park, what do you do about the jail? How do you get the jail out? So it was this one dude in the jail. I think he had a background in engineering or something like that, right? So he told him, he said, man, use creamer to burn a hole in the thing. So I'm like, it was creamer. You know, this is regular coffee creamer, right? I said, you gonna use creamer to burn? I said, man, this dude don't know what the fuck he's talking about. People in prison, they're doing jail up here. They just be saying anything, right? So anyway, turns out, he was telling the truth. If you take some creamer, regular coffee creamer, and set it in a pile and put a match on it, and back then, you can't have now. Back then, we could have matches and stuff, right? Because they allowed you to smoke cigarettes and stuff like that. But they don't do that no more, so anyway. But back then, he, he took that pile and you set a match on it. It ain't going to burn. Ain't nothing going to happen. But if it's moving in a stream, it'll burn. 
So what he did, he emptied out his baby oil bottle, right? And when he put all the creamer in it, you squeeze the baby oil bottle, and guess what? It comes out in a stream. A stream of fire. A stream? No, a stream of baby oil. Okay. And then once you put the match to it, guess what you got? You got a torch. The only problem is that the baby oil bottle is plastic. So you, it ain't like you got all day to play. You feel what I'm saying? So anyway, you got to work with what you got when you're in jail. So he's got this baby oil bottle full of creamer. And he's got his match over. Now you got to keep in mind, we're on max in the back. And these are single man sales. So I'm not going in there to help him anyway. Even if I could help him, I wouldn't go in there to help him. He's got to do that on his own. So anyway... He takes the baby oil bottle and he's got it between his knees. And he's sitting there in front of this little corner area at the, uh, at the window that he had already broken out. And he's pushing it. And as he's putting his knees together, you know what I'm saying, just like, uh, what was that celebrity name on TV? Suzanne Summers with the little machine she had through mm -hmm. her legs. That's how he's doing the bottle, right? And he's pushing this stuff out. And he lights the match. And man, I'm telling you, a flame popped up <laughs> out of there. And now all of a sudden, it's getting real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's going to get real. So I look around for the police. I don't see nobody. I'm like, man, go ahead. Take care of your business. So this flame is burning in there, and he's digging. He's got a little piece off of it, the end of, you know, the ink pen cap that goes on the ink pen. Mm -hmm. He broke that off. So he's digging. And I'm looking, man, and it's coming out. That sticky stuff is coming out, and he's constantly wiping it on the bunk to clean the thing off and keep digging. And, man, he said, we got action. He said he can feel the air coming through. So he just kept working it and working it and working it. And it got to be about the size of, I'm going to say, a tennis ball. Maybe a little bit, not perfectly round, but about that big, right? But the thing is, being as smart as he is, he he's telling me all these circumferences and radius and all that, like he just this genius. But because the hole's got to be big enough to get a 25 automatic through. You feel what I'm saying? So you know how big that is. It's not that big, you know, about the size of your hand, but it's got to be able to wiggle through that. So anyway, now, I'm like, okay, what you going to do next? So he gets in touch with a friend of his that's out there on the streets that can bring the gun to the jail. All right, they don't allow guns in the jail. We're up on the second floor. How you go get the gun? So back then they allowed socks in. They had to, you know, the tube socks. They had the colors in like Dr. J and all this mm -hmm. and that. Okay, he had those socks, so he broke them down and made a string. Made a string, lowered it all the way down to the, to, to the uh, you know, like the bottom. It's like the street, and it's a little small area of grass. He lowered it down there a couple of times just to make sure it go. Had a little, had some, I think he had pencils or something on the end to weight it down so it would go down. And he could only do it at night because, you know, people driving around up and down the street, they might see that. So this is in the middle of the city? Yeah, it's in the middle of the city. Okay, this ain't no backwoods, country town. No, 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 people no, no. Around yeah. this is going on. Yeah, people, people, people in this area. This, but, but now keep in mind, we're only doing this at nighttime. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, during the day, yeah, this is a bustling city, man. Okay. It's a bustling city. Middle of downtown. Okay. You feel what I'm saying? Because ain't no islands. Oh, uh, no. The, the, the sheriff's department is within rock-throwing distance. Okay. If they look out the window and see it, it's going down. You feel me? And all kind of businesses downtown. So anyway, he gets his friend to come come down there one night, and he's got the 25 automatic. And we're both looking out the window, but we're in separate cells, but we can see the same street. And as the dude is riding down the street, I see him coming. I said, okay, it's finna get real. It's going down. You know what I'm saying? So he gets down to the end of the street, and he runs up in the grass, and he sees the little string. He ties it on there real fast, and I'm looking at him. I can't see exactly... You know what he's doing because he's close to the building. And, and, and looking straight down, it's hard to really get a good look at him. But he's tying the gun on there. And then he gets on the bike and he gone back up the hill. 
Dude comes on a bicycle, man, and do all this, right? So keep in mind, this is a time where there's no... No, ain't no traffic out. This is that... No, uh, no cameras, I'm assuming. No, this is way back in the day. Okay. Way back in the day. Now, if they did have cameras, I wasn't aware of it. But it wasn't my gig. This is his gig, yeah. Mr. Know-It-All. You feel me? Yeah. So anyway, boom. He gets the camera down. I mean, not the camera. He gets the gun tied to the rope. And now, dude is pulling it up. And I'm looking. And now my heart beating fast. I'm saying, it's going down. This dude, this is real. And if I was going to back out, I need to back out now. You know what I mean? Because he's going to get this gun. And after he gets this gun, what are we really going to do? You know what I mean? All right, he's pulling it up. He's pulling it up. Now, Mr. Know-It-All, with all the radiuses and the circumferences, he gets it up there and he said, man, it won't fit through. I said, I thought you said it was big enough. You know what I mean? And he said, no, hold on. Let me, let me see if I can wiggle it through. He's wiggling it through. And he said that... Uh, the the uh, the magazine the clip he had it taped to the, the like the, the handle so he was able to get that off got the got that in there now he's wiggling it he's wiggling and all of a sudden I hear some go pow <laughs> I said what the look here man when I say fear jumped in me it jumped in me and then immediately man I could smell gun smoke mm. I said it's over it is over. By that time, the officer, you know, the officer, he, it, like, they they in a tower, right? And we're in max, so the tower is right where the maximum security cells are. So he opens up the door, and he's right there where we at. He said, what y'all got going on out here? Did y'all hear that noise? So I ain't heard nothing, man. But I know he smelled that smoke, because you, you know when you make that simulation with your nose like you're sniffing, mm. doing like that? I'm looking at his face. He's sniffing it. I said, oh, he finna make a call. It's over with. So I jump in the bunk. I'm laid back chilling. You know what I'm saying? He on his own. You feel me? He's on his own. I don't care what happened to him. I ain't got nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyway, check it out. Check it out. Now, this is what happened. He come to the door. And I can hear the pain in his voice. He said, Joe. I said, what is it? He said, I'm shot. I said, what? Shot? <laughs> you shot? Man, the man that shot himself in the hip, man. Oh, my God. I said, man, what you mean? He said, man, I'm shot. And he hurting, too. I could hear it in his voice. You know how somebody hurting? Yeah. They could barely breathe. <laughs> yeah, he gritted his teeth. I said, man, what? wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. Where is it at? He said, in the hip. I said, God, I man. Mm. And then here go Mr. Nordahl. Here's what he say to me. What you want me to do? <laughs> what can I do? What you mean? What I want you to do? Hold up, wait a minute, let me think about this, man. So I'm walking in the cell, and I'm saying to myself, this stupid mother, blah, blah, blah. And I'm walking back and forth, and about, I don't know, it might have been maybe a minute or so go by. And he said, Joe, come on, man, what you want me to do? I leaned on the door, I said, how bad is it? He said, it's bad, man. So I'm looking at the at the floor, you know what I'm saying, not intentionally, but I'm, I got my head now, I'm on the cell door, I'm looking at the floor, and I see some blood. It's old. He said, Joe. How, I mean, hold on, where, where are you seeing this blood? On the floor. It's, it's like our cells are right next to each other, uh -huh. right? And the, the cells were like these wiry cell doors, not bars, but, you know, they were wiry, you know, making little bit of squares, right? Mm -hmm. And they slide back and forth. So up under, the, at the bottom, of it, it's a space about as is, 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 is high as like maybe a, 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 a bar of soap, okay. a couple of bars of soap. That's how much space was under the cell. So anything can move back and forth up under, right? Man, I see a little blood come out under it, man, and I'm like, oh, it's so 
And then I'm hearing him talk. I could tell he's in pain, man. I could tell he's in pain. And he said, man, the last time he said, Joe, what do you want me to do? I said, man, go on and tell the police, man. You done fucked up everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm mad. And at the same time, I know what's finna happen. They not finna blame him. They not finna blame him, man. And I ain't trying to make this no race thing. But this is a white boy and I'm black. I'm up here for murder. He up here for something else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, I already know what's going down. Man, look here. Soon as I said, go on and get him, he hollered, officer, officer. So the officer come and said, what's going on? He said, I've been shot. The officer said, what? He said, I've been shot. Man, the officer flipped it on the radio. He said, whatever the code is for that. You know, they, people running up there I ain't never seen before, all up on the floor. And they're like, what is going on? And he's standing on the door. He's showing. Yeah. Man, they done popped his door. They got him out there. And man, he hit. Mm -hmm. Oh, he, it must have been close range, buddy. He hit. They get the gurney up there. They taking him out. And they asked him, said, uh, where did the shot come from? He said, somebody shot me from across the building. <laughs> I looked, man. I said, man, I don't know if I could have given him a better lie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that ain't going to cut it. Yeah. That ain't going to cut it, man. From across the building somewhere. Man, look here. When I tell you this was like at, I don't know, probably 12, 1 in the morning, man. Now, you know how dark it is, man, in the city. They done lit that whole block up, man. Lights on everywhere. I don't know where they came from. Everything lit. It's like daytime now. Police is everywhere. And now they got all these. They coming in there with these lasers. I don't know what's up. They, yeah, they got these lasers trying, trying to, to figure out where this come from. Yeah, we got a problem. <laughs> we got a problem. Don't get no sleep. And then this is when I knew it was, was going to get bad. Also, this is one of these officers came over. He came to the cell, though. He said, uh. Baker, I know you got something to do with this. <laughs> I said, no, buddy. No, buddy. To find me, I, ain't got, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Not nothing to do with that, man. And he was like, I know you do. I know you got something to do with that. I said, I ain't got nothing to do with that, man. You can keep that between him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> anyway, they go by. Another day go by. They bring him back. Willing him in. He got a smile on his face like everything's straight. Ain't nothing straight, man. Ain't nothing going to be straight from here on out. You feel me? He, they put him right back in the same cell. They ain't even fixed the window or nothing, man. Ain't done nothing, man. The cell, the same cell, same situation, all this. Now, he in there. Now, he want to talk. And in my mind, I'm like, uh-uh. He got a wild on. I ain't going to. He finna put this on me. You feel me? So, he was like, Joe, what we going to do? I said, what you mean? What we going to do? We ain't going to do nothing, man. I said, what they say to you, man? He said, man, they asking me all kind of questions, man. Talking about, you know, did I see the person shooting and and uh, do, uh, uh, all this. And I said, man, look here, man. I ain't nobody stupid. You got shot with a 25 automatic. Tell me what rifle shoots that same round. And there ain't no buildings close enough that that could happen with a pistol bag. Right. I ain't going, man. I said, man, what they tell you, man? Why are you back up on this floor mm -hmm. right next to me, man? Right. And he got quiet. So I went on. I laid down in the bunk. I said, yeah, I'm finna get moved. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's going down. They want the juice first, though. Yeah, they got to get the juice first. Yeah, yeah. They, wanted, they wanted me to spill the tea, yeah, they yeah. say. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? So anyway, they come up there. They get me. And they tell me that they're going to put me back on the floor. And they're going to they gonna leave him up in the max here. I'm like, that's cool. So they put me out there on the floor. I'm chilling. Everything fine. Now all of a sudden, 
ain't nobody paying no attention to me and all this and that. So I said, mm, it's the show. They want me to do something. I said, I ain't finna do nothing. I'm just gonna chill. Because what I found out is, they can't piece nothing together. They can't piece nothing together. But they got the gun. My fingerprints ain't on it. Because guess what happened when it shot itself? He let the strain go. <laughs> and it fell, it fell right back down two stories right in the grass. Yeah. So they know the whole story. They know the whole story he told was a lie. I don't know when they got it. I don't know if they got it that night, the next morning, whatever. But they knew that he was lying and they sent him back up there trying to get me to impl imp implement myself in the crime. I ain't had nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, he trying to put it off on me. But it didn't work. You know what I'm saying? I'm back out on the floor. And that was pretty much it, man. And what I learned out of that was that, you know, you're going to have people, man, in here that are try to play off of your fear. You know what I'm saying? And and have you thinking that, you know, you should do something crazy to get some type of result that'll make everything okay. And and that just ain't the case. And and he was the first one that I ran into, you know what I'm saying, after I got locked up, that tried to play on my fear. You know what I'm saying? And get me to do something that would have made my situation much worse. I almost, well, I did go, but it didn't happen. We didn't actually do it. But I learned at that time, you know, I got to pay attention to it you know, the people around me, why are they saying things to me, you know what I'm saying, what's the motive, because the truth of the matter is, man, most people in the penitentiary, man, or jail, they got some kind of angle, you know what I'm saying, they're working some kind of angle, and, uh, you know, I, that's the thing that I would hope that, you know, people take from this story, it, it's a funny story, luckily the boy didn't die, you know what I'm saying, and uh, nobody got hurt, but the, the moral of the story is, you know, you need to be careful about, you know, who you associate yourself with in here and who you listen to. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for tuning in to the show. Join me next week and we'll hear the story about how I almost got blown to bits in the county jail.